Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. I mean, oddly enough, it's great to see you again, because um, that never happens on the podcast, but... Uh, you, we were chatting here before we started the show, and we we met a few years back at a conference. So uh, the world gets smaller and smaller. So um, great to have you on the show. This show is really about the world of startup, the good, the bad, and the gritty. And I'm curious to learn what your experience has been in all of those areas. But before we get into all that, if you can help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you and your backstory and what really led to what has become Proposify. Sure, I'll go real quick because I know it's a it's a short podcast. Um, Started out as a, as a designer, worked in agencies early in my career when I was in my 20s, um, left and started my own kind of freelance business, but then turned it into an agency that I ran for five years. Throughout that time, experienced the pain of writing proposals and getting them out to prospects and decided to create software to do that. So Proposify is what we've been doing the last eight years or so. And uh, we're currently about 8,000 customers around the world using our software to uh, you know, to get control, consistency, and visibility into their proposal process. I love that. So how did it all start? Where you wake up one day and you're like, you know what? I think, I mean, there was, I think you and I may have had this conversation too, when we first met, it was like, there's a, there's a huge deficit out there for like, for like proposal solutions. Everybody just automatically defaults to, well, they used to PowerPoint and or word document and turn it into a PDF, but you guys have really created something that is plug and play. Um, so how did it all start? Yeah. And I would say still the status quo is Word, PowerPoint, PDFs, which, uh, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to turn that around. Yeah, I was trying to change all that. Time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it basically just came from my own pain. I was a designer at an agency when I was younger and, and, uh, you know, they got the junior designer laying out proposals. We were doing a big pitch and I just kind of noticed at the time how inefficient it was. I had you know, account managers emailing me Word docs and I was flowing them in InDesign and finding old case studies from CDs, and even with like Dropbox and, you know, online st uh, file storage, like it never got any easier. And I just remember Basecamp came out around that time and thought, man, there should be like a Basecamp, but for proposals. And that was the seed of the idea. 2006 sat on it for a number of, number of years. And then when we were, when we were running the agency, we wanted to get into SaaS and we wanted to try out a few different ideas and the winning concept that like everybody seemed to, uh, reson it resonated with everybody. It was like, oh man, I hate writing. Everybody hates writing proposals. Nobody wants to do it, but it's a necessary evil. If you can make that faster and more reliable, people are happy. Yeah, they sure are. So you said 8,000 some customers, huh? So you guys have been, uh, the solution clearly works. You don't, uh, you don't get a, a client roster like that um, without having something that, that actually solves a problem. You guys definitely do. There's proposals going out uh, every single day. And I would envision they continue to go out uh, until we're figuring out how to send proposals in the metaverse or something like that. 
Oh, we'll be there. <laughs> yes. <when> that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. So, um, when you started all this though, was the transition easy? I mean, it never really is with the world of startup. What, what, what was your, what was some of the most challenging parts of, of the startup process? Yeah. So I think like given the show and what's very startup theme, like I, I think some value that I can offer here is just the, the getting started part, right. Which is the hardest. Um, there's no silver bullet. I think, I think the one that stands out to me though, and it's the thing that a lot of startup founders don't do, especially if they're really technical is they don't talk to enough customers and they don't show their ideas early and get feedback on it a lot. It's like so common, but I know like 90% of people even listening to this won't take this advice is <laughs> because when you believe that you have the ultimate solution and your idea is awesome, you're going to build it in a vacuum. And then when you feel it's ready, start showing it to people. And then what happens is it's not ready. It's not, maybe you're solving the wrong problem or you're not solving it in the right way. And you've just set yourself back a lot of time and maybe you don't even have enough money to continue. Startups die because they run out of money and they don't solve, uh, they don't find product market fit. Yeah. So your entire job as a startup founder, if you want to get it off the ground, is you need to find product market fit and you have to do it as fast as, you, as humanly possible. There's no shortcut to that other than show your ideas in their ugly, rough form and let customers actually help you build it. Is that what you guys have been able to do? Um, I got a little better at it with, with Proposify, but we had tried a number of ideas that failed before that. And I did, I made that same mistake a million times. Right. So with Proposify, we were able to sort of bootstrap it from our agency because our agency, you know, wasn't, I wouldn't say it wasn't very profitable, but it was enough to sustain us, our lifestyles. We were able to, you know, my business partner and I, you know, essentially make Proposify a side project. The other, um, the other piece of value I want to offer too, because I correct me if I'm wrong, just given your background, I assume there's probably some agency people who might listen to this, who want to start their own software. Yeah. And this is the other big mistake that, that agency owners make, especially when they want to build SaaS is they make it an internal project. They assign a dev within their company to work on it. <clears throat> and that the thing that happens is that it always gets pushed to the back burner, right? Cause client needs come up first. Uh, client calls, the house is on fire. We need to switch focus. We need to work on the client project. And so the startup never gets off the ground. So what you need to do is you need to find a way to cash flow this or, or fund it yourself um, or get a grant depending on where you live. But you have to have a developer or ideally two people work on it and it's their full-time job. When we, had our, when we were working on Proposify, I remember, hired a full-stack developer Jonathan had him in our office and literally put him in a corner and said, if any account manager talks to you and tries to get you on a project and you work on it, you're fired. So you have to, you have to make it a priority and it's still, it's going to take like a year to get off the ground and to start getting people using it. Yeah. It's going to take, I mean, it, I always say people ask well, what the best advice is when I got started. I'm like, it's going to take longer than you think. And I, you know, I think people sell themselves short on the reality of how long it takes to really build something great. And more importantly, just continue to refine that, that, that whole process. So yeah. what, what would you say was the best part uh, other than the solution working and the brand getting off the ground? What was the best part of the startup um, experience? Maybe there's a few that, that, that come to mind. 
The best part was when we started to find real traction, real product market fit. You know, we had had a product out for about a year, year and a half. And every time we had one person kind of sign up and start using it, we'd have somebody else bounce and leave and stop paying us. And so we were always just sort of at this flat, like flatlined revenue. But based on certain changes we made within the product that were completely based on customer feedback, one day or one, you know, I, I still kind of remember the month we logged into our, <clears throat> our like metrics dashboard and was like, whoa, we just like, like 10 X within, within a, a, a couple of weeks, what's going on. Oh, this, this must just be an anomaly. The next month did it again. And we just started to skyrocket. And I, you know, where we're at now in the business, you know, 10 million plus revenue, 75 employees, still plenty of challenges, still plenty of headaches to, to deal with, but there's nothing quite like that early traction. Like when you're kind of at that 1 million in revenue mark and you're growing fast and you're trying to like, Oh, cool. We have revenue. Who, who can we hire to help grow the business now? That's just a fun, exciting place to be. And most startups don't get there. So if you can, that's why I put so much emphasis on building something people actually want and don't, you know, don't use your own, uh, don't try to guess at it. Actually go talk to them. Yeah. And you're, you're exactly right. That's, that's outstanding advice. Th thank you for that. Because yes, the people that do tune into the show, a uh, lot of the startup world, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, business owners as well. And I think, you know, a lot of us forget the basics of where it's at. I always use like a baseball analogy. Not that I'm a gigantic baseball fan. I'm a Chicago Cubs fan because I like pain. But, um, you know, when you think of the basic fundamentals, what happens when the baseball players take the field? It's still out there fielding balls. To first baseman's not hot dogging around trying to catch a ball a specific way. They're catching the ball the exact same way, shortstop, et cetera. It's those basic drills that take place that happen every single time that allow us to really get in there and perfect our craft just by focusing on uh, the, the basics. So you guys have been around for, for, for eight years now, which is an eternity in the startup world, right? Um, yeah. What do you guys have planned? We're recording this in the middle of 2022 right now. What's what's on the what's on the chalkboard for the rest of the year and what, you know, what you guys are really excited about? Yeah. Um, lots of investments in the product itself, uh, continually looking to make it better, getting into um, you know, eight years and having many people, millions of proposals go out the door through our software. We've accumulated a ton of data and we're looking at ways. I'm going to be a little bit coy here, but looking at ways to leverage that data in a way that can create predictive insights, because it's one thing to show people what happened. You know, this is one of the things where we learned early on, people want to know, like, where did our clients look? Where, where do they spend time reading the proposals? Which pricing options did they choose? That's all historical data. Our product does that now, but how can we actually predict what will happen based on the data points? So that's a big, uh, we're calling it closing intelligence and uh, we think it's going to be big, but it's, but it's probably a ways off yet. Well, you know, I, when I, when I first experienced your, your, your solution a few years back, the first thing I thought was like, this can help me remove a lot of thinking out of the process. Like the only thing I got to think about is what, the end result is of actually creating the proposal because everything else, the design, the layout. So I would like to, you know, I'd like to imagine that, you know, an AI component to this, 
um, would be great. I mean, you're opening Proposify and you're typing in a couple of key words on what you're doing and already, you know, your existing solution there. Next thing you know, you're like, well, that proposal turned out better than I even, I, I thought it would. So that, that, uh, that sounds like a natural, uh, you know, next step for, for, you know, for what you're doing. So, um, the team continues to grow. You guys remote everywhere around the world or you in one specific place? We were, we, we were all in an office until COVID hit. And then we went remote and never really looked back. Honestly, uh, we started to hire people from outside of the uh, Eastern Canada where we're, we're based out of. And it's really been a, a huge thing for us. Yeah. We love remote. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, well, you're right there in your, uh, in your music studio too. That's why when you first came on camera, I was like, I think I've, I feel like I've seen this music studio before. I remember the guitar on the wall all makes sense there. But isn't that crazy that I, you know, I always like to say, you know, with the good is that, you know, with the bad is the good. A lot of good stuff came out of the pandemic um, on the way that we do things. One of the main things I think is that a lot of people, if not a majority of were forced into adapting to technology because you and I know technology doesn't give a rip about us or our feelings or anything like that. But, you know, it's forced us into a space. And like you said, we've never even looked back and I'm, I'm, I'm only assuming that growing, uh, the, 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 the team has been that much easier because now you're able to source talent from wherever, not just in your own backyard. And most people are happier too, right? There, there, we actually had some people leave to go work in an office, but those are really rare occurrences. I think, I think, there's always the one generation we're a part of really wants remote and it's here to stay. Sure. Well, I think in a lot of what I'm seeing happen is, is the hybrid factor, but you know, you get, so I don't know, I was home for a year and I, I've always worked at home and then gone out and got a place and gone back home and I flip flop back and forth. And then finally by last year, I was like, all right, you know what? Let's go open another podcast. I opened one in 2020 and nobody went anywhere. So the podcast studio was kind of irrelevant, but I kind of flipped back and forth. That hybrid model, I think is really, really here to stay. Cause some days I just don't want to leave the house and I got my laptop. don't need to other days, you know, I'm feeling uh, like I got to get out of the house and feel productive for some reason. So interesting times, uh, uh, to, to, to say the least. Well, this is great, man. I feel like this is full circle. I met you several years ago and uh, here I are with a familiar face opportunity to catch up, but through the means of here on the grit daily startup show, you provided a lot of great value um, as far as the startup experience. I definitely uh, appreciate that. And just wanted to encourage you guys to keep up the great work. Um, we'll have to connect offline and we'll learn more about what you guys got going on. Um, I'm a day one believer in what you guys have been doing on here because it solves problems and it makes life easier and it removes thinking, which people already don't think as it is. So if we can add some tools to make it, you know, a structured environment for sure. Uh, any final thoughts for our listeners? No, just uh, startups are hard, but they're rewarding. Um, you know, if it doesn't work, you can always try again. And, uh, you know, you'll look back on your life and go like, well, you're not going to regret the things you, um, you know, you tried and failed, but you might regret not trying them. So absolutely keep it going. Absolutely. And remember 90% of things fail. Just 90, nothing, nothing crazy. Kyle, great to see you again, brother. Thanks again for hanging out with us here on the show. We'll have to have you back on sometime, get an update on what things are going, how things are going over there at Proposify. But uh, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Sebastian. You got it. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends.
Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com.